Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, today we're going to take a little bit different path. Probably not a lot about marriage, but some. Um, it just is, God's kind of put on us, or me, um, about fear. Um, because fear rules our life a whole lot more than, than we would like to give it credit. And knowing what that means, uh, it started yesterday. My dad tested positive for COVID. I'd been riding with him all day the day before. So then what do you do? And, you know, um, it's one of those things to where went and got home tests and took them. And I'm going to take another one then this morning to make sure I'm clear. But um, the thing is, when you start talking about fear, um, fear blends itself as something that you don't recognize. It's kind of like breathing. Because when, when you start looking at fear with your marriage, of what's the other one going to say? What are they going to do? Will they reject me? Will they not? Then you get into fear of the children of, I know from my experience, this is going to be a bad idea. So I need to prevent them from creating this bad idea or doing what's bad. Um, and it's a protection mode, but it's also fear. And I think sometimes we, we kind of just seem like fear gets blended in and we don't call it fear because um, my thing is with the children is figure it out. You need, you're 18, make your own decisions, figure it out. They all come with consequences. And um, Eli's got a job, plus he's going to school. He's putting in 16, 18 hour days. And like I told him, you're going to figure out whether it works or not. And if it doesn't work, then you're going to need to talk to your boss. Um, but the, the fear of, well, what happens if he gets in a car wreck on his way, he falls asleep when he's driving, there's, there's a lot of fear that gets intertwined with that. And then you go to your job and it doesn't matter what your job is. Um, fear of this happening, you know, for us running the business, fear of running out of work, fear of running out of money, people not paying. There's, there's always a fear. And I guess for me today, it's like, let's call it what it is and quit calling it something else. It's just fear. And, um, I was looking up, um, first John four eighteen. there's no fear in love. The perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. And, you know, really, I guess that's kind of the thing. I, I know for decades I lived in complete fear. I didn't call it fear. I called it stress. I called it a whole bunch of things. Um, but really it was fear, and, and I'm kind of over that. I've, I've built a bridge over it, and I'm, I do pretty good. I still have times I'm fearful. Um, but it's realizing that God's really in control and has a plan. And then that waiting period sucks. There's just no other better way to put it. Waiting sucks because the fear is God's going to handle it, but when, and what's that look like? So I just kind of, I don't know really where today's going. Um, but really fear, I know for me, the first 42 years of my life ruled my life. What if Susan leaves me? What if this happens? What if I, you know, and it just, it wears you out, just gets, 
just gets to where it beats you down, being afraid of everything. And and I say afraid of everything, but everybody has their hot buttons they're afraid of. And it's acknowledging them and understanding that that you do fear it and how to give that to God and surrender it to him so that now he can work in it. It doesn't mean it'll evaporate overnight, and that's not what I'm talking about, but it's identifying the pieces of fear that we call something else. Well, and I think a lot of times we will call it, like you said, stress, anxiety, worry. Um, You know, one of the verses that I'm memorizing this year is, um, do not be anxious for anything. And in all things, with praise and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so that, you know, anxiety can mask itself as fear, I think. And when we're in reality, that's what it is. And, you know, there's several places in God's word that says, don't fear. You know, fear is, we've said numerous times, is from Satan. Um, But knowing that and walking in that is completely different. Because, you know, my thought is, Eli's schooling is an hour and some odd minutes away from where we live. And he's driving home at um, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night after putting in a 12 to 16 hour day. And so, you know, I am always praying that God will protect him and keep him safe and keep him awake and all that. And that's because I have to give it to God because I could sit there and worry and stew and wonder, you know, maybe what if God's purpose is for him to get in a wreck and us either have to deal with that or his death or something like that. And you know, we have no control over that. And most of the fear that we feel, that most people feel, I think, is they're fearing something that they can't control and that the only person that can control it is God. So we have to trust that whatever happens um, is part of his plan and his plan is better than our plan and that we just have to trust that if, God forbid, something would happen, to one of our children or whatever, um, that God's plan is better than our plan because we can't see the end result. You know, we can't see how on earth, you know, you take my brother, for example, who died at 32 in a construction accident. How is that part of his plan? Well, it is. Several people were saved because of his death, um, which one, that makes it worth it. But two, I still don't necessarily see the end plan of why he had to die. Just like if our children, something were happened to them or whatever. It's just a complete reliance and trust on God, which is not, does not come easily because, you know, we want to manipulate and move things to make it work out to how we think is best. When in reality, his way is always best. Well, and I think you hit on a couple of key points. Um, you know, we don't understand why John died. And and it's hard to put a good spin on it. But at the end of the day, we may not know till we die. And you and Jesus can have a conversation saying why. And he may say, it happens. Right. There, there may not be a huge positive in it. You know, there may be because he died, this and this happened. But the actual death... There, there, you know, life happens. God doesn't have this protective bubble around everybody and that you deserve 
to live forever. And I think sometimes we get that confused when it comes to that. But the other point you hit on for me that just kind of tinged my ears is fear is when you're out of control. When, when you're trying to control something and you cannot control it. And I think that's a very key factor for guys, especially, but I think women as well, you know, there's little things that, that I know about Susan. I know if our checkbook is at zero, then that creates a lot of stress for her of, well, maybe we ought to cut this. Maybe, do you really need to be spending that money? There, there creates, everybody has their button and it's not the point that, that hers is good or bad. And I, that's not my point here, but my point is everybody has them. So what is your fear? What is the underlying fear that you're going, if this happens, what are we going to do? Or this, like Susan said, great anxiety. Now, the, now we're going to go to the next part. And um, Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I guess that's, first of all, you have to identify it. That call it what it is. It is just straight up fear. Now, what do you do with it? In in this scripture, I mean it by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And you know, um, I heard one pastor say that, you know, not it starts with thanksgiving. That's how you get into the presence of God is by being thankful for the Father of what he does. And and this scripture kind of goes right along with that of uh, prayer petition with thanksgiving. Um, you know, um, fear's no fun. Fear sucks. Fear creates all kinds of issues, not only with our children, with our spouses, with our work. You know, what if they fire me? What if they this job doesn't go right? And most people, it depends on the situation, but, you know, it's that fight or flight. And and who are you in this situation? Do you hunker down and try to figure out where you go from here? And what I mean by that is not you being in control. You giving God control and saying, okay, God, I don't know how to do this. Now, let me give you a free warning with this. You're going to do it, and three minutes later, you're going to take it back from God. And you're going to put it back in your pocket. So it's it's a learning experience of how to give stuff to God, but also be aware when you've taken it back. Because that was one of the problems we ran into when we were going through all of our problems. I would give Susan to God, then turn around and take her right back. Um, fear of, you know, her leaving this, is it going to work out? Is it not? How do we, you know, where do we go from here? Um, it just really is one of those things. I think it rules our life more than what we're, we acknowledge. Well, and I, it causes me to, you know, remember when Haley, our oldest was going through her teenage years and I would give her to God and then I would give her, take it back. I'd give her to God and then I'd take her back. Um, and when she turned 18, I specifically remember praying, Lord, she is, I'm really this time giving her to you. She's 18. 
we have done the very best that we knew how to do in bringing her up. Um, we made lots of mistakes, but yeah. we did the best that we could do with the circumstances that we had. And now she is responsible for her own decisions. I can't, no, I can no longer, I can support her and I can um, guide her still, but I can't choose her decisions for her. And so, you know, I remember thinking, God, I give her to you because, like I said, we've done the best that we can. And now that she's 18, she's responsible for the decisions that she has to make. And she's responsible to God for the decisions that she makes. Um, and so I think that's a key point What a, that a lot of people do is we give things to God, whether it be your children or whether it be um, your job or your financial situation or whatever, and we don't leave it there. And then once we, we don't leave it there, because like I mentioned in a previous podcast is we don't wait, sit and wait for the answer. When we pray to God or we give them a situation or a person or whatever the case may be, okay, God, they're yours. And then he may not act right away or fix whatever the situation is right away. And so we forget to stop and wait for the answer and sometimes even forget that we even gave it to God. Um, and it's just like, okay, well, I must be supposed to handle it on my own because God's not moving. <laughs> and it's not that he's not moving. It's just maybe he's not moving in the direction that I think he should go. So I'm going to try to persuade him to move in the direction that I think is best. And I've had numerous conversations with God, too, about, I really think this is a good idea. I think this is going to work really well. Um, and generally, he takes me down a completely different road because... Again, in his word, it says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So just giving those things to him, knowing that his way is better, his thoughts are better, and they're not necessarily ours, um, then there comes a peace. But it's in the waiting and listening for him to answer that we that I kind of get in the back in the mud of trying to deal with it myself or guide and direct him to persuade him to do what I want him to do. He's not a puppet. You know, I'm not the puppet master and he's not a puppet. Um, and vice versa, the same. We are, he is the potter and we are the clay. He will mold us and shape us, but he will not be the puppeteer, you know, with our strings attached, moving him, moving us where he wants to go. He wants us to be able to follow his direction and mold us into being more like him, which in turn will lead us down the path that he wants us to go. Well, and I think that a lot of points you hit on is just so very true of, you know, we, we feel like we have a better plan. Um, number one, and, and that, that is the farthest from the truth because we have no idea what's coming down the pike, but also you know, as Susan was sitting there talking, it kind of made it made me reflect a little bit of where did the fear start? I mean, we've lived with fear all of our lives. You know, I think as a kid, you know, I'm trying not to get in trouble with dad, fearful he's going to get mad, you know, and, and really what do I need to do to keep him from getting mad? And I think we treat God that way a lot of, of, you know, our parents, 
Um, we all do the best we can, but and a child should fear their parents to a point. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that, but what do we do with it? We learn how to fear things from a very early age. And then we figure out, try to figure out how to manipulate it. So we don't get in trouble, but I think we don't ever really kind of grow out of it. Does that make sense, dear? Well, I think, you know, when you brought up, we should kind of fear our parents. I think there's a difference between fear and respect. I don't know that we should necessarily fear our parents, but we have such a, we should have such a high respect for them that we want to obey them and we want to please them. That's not always the case because a lot of times, you know, they make decisions sometimes that don't deserve respect. Um, but the bottom line is the Bible's very clear on how children should treat their parents as well. And um, whether they deserve it or not, they still should get our respect. And so... But where's that line? Yeah. That, that's a confusing And the line. respect turns into fear because you don't know how to behave in a certain situation or that it might... Like I grew up never wanting to disappoint my dad um, because I had a healthy fear of him. When in reality, that fear should have been respect. I respected the man he was. I respected um, his authority. I respected how he handled um, raising his children. But really what that was was fear um, because I didn't know really what respect meant. And so I just knew that in my mind... I knew that if I misbehaved, there were consequences to that, as there should be. And I remember asking my mom one time, what if when my dad whistled and we didn't immediately come from outside playing or whatever, what if what would have happened had we not done that? Um, and she's like, oh, you don't want to know. But that's not really an answer. We probably would have got a spanking or grounded or whatever, because back in my day, spankings were still allowed. Um, but I think there's it just brought to mind there's a there's a different definitely a difference between respect and fear. Um, but yeah, the line is I don't know. It's blurry. It's blurry. And and I think that that's some of what you've. Once you start breaking apart fear and identifying what is, am I fearful? Am I afraid? What am I afraid of? And then start praying about it and giving it to God. Trying, because you, you know, let's be honest. He made the universe. I'm thinking he can handle your fear. I mean, it's not probably the biggest project he's ever had. Now, in our mind, it's huge. It's overwhelming. It's something we can handle. But I, I think it's one of those things that, um, and I think of James 1, 2, consider pure joy uh, when going through trials of many kinds. Well, if you even look at trials, there's fear in it. What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. um, having faith like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, knowing God's got this. Mm -hmm. But God didn't put out the fire. He put Jesus with them. You know, I mean... I think the biggest problem is we don't take the time to identify what it is. And I think we're in such a rush, just struggling to deal with it, that we don't really say, okay, is this fear? Because, I mean, it's kind of like the house. 
we're we're remodeling the house. We're trying to get two bedrooms done. We're trying to move in. Well, what if the roofer can't be there? And what if this? And what if that? And what if? And what if? And it kind of it's not fear, but it, it kind of is. I, I mean, well, I think it's fear of the unknown. I think most right. people fear the unknown. What is going to happen? Well. In reality, if we knew what was going to happen, that's why I think God allows us not to know what's going to happen is because we would want to change and manipulate it to where it wouldn't be part of his plan. So it's the fear of the unknown. You know, what if such and such happens? Or what if the world comes to an end? Or what if we go to war? What if this happens? What if that happens? And all God is asking us to do is just to trust him. And I think the key here is having a relationship with Jesus. If you're not saved, that's the first step. Figure out how to be saved and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Know that you have faults. Know that you're a sinner saved by grace and to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, then you start working on the relationship with him and trusting that he does have a plan, believing what his word says. And then all of the thing, all of the unknowns that we fear are no longer as big as a fear. That's not to say that you're going to stop struggling with fear of the unknown, but they diminish because you just have a trust that God's got it. He's got a plan. His plan will prevail. And in the end, if you don't already know, Jesus is the victor. Yeah. The battle is already won. You just have to trust that. Even though you have daily battles, we have daily battles that we deal with that seem so huge because we're going through them. But if you pause and realize that this little battle that you're going through hopefully is not a life or death situation, and generally the ones we deal with are not. Right. If the roofer makes it, great. If he doesn't, great. If we have to move in and live in a construction zone for two months, so be it. It's not the end of the world. Will it cause stress, anxiety, fear, the fear of the unknown, what's going to happen next? Probably yes, all those things. But stopping and trusting and knowing that we're in God's will, that he has a plan, and these difficulties that he promises we will go through are part of it. And just knowing that in the end, in the end, when it's all said and done, he gets the victory. The victory is already won. Well, and another point that kind of popped up when you were talking, you have to be cautious what you pour into your head. I'm not a big conspiracy person. I mean, I'm, I am a little bit, but I'm not like a huge one. But I tell you what, you watch enough TikTok? <laughs> My gosh, the world's coming to an end and they're going to do this and they're doing concentration camps and they're going this and it's kind of like the national news. I've I've got to the point that I can't really watch the national news other than about 10 minutes. I, I watch usually the first thing in the morning, the first kind of highlights of the day or yesterday because it's so depressing yes. and it, it just... It overwhelms you of what if they're right? And and TikTok, you have all these idiots that don't know nothing. They don't know shit from Shinola. And you're believing them. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've done it. And then it's like, hold on here. Who's in charge? 
who really knows how this story ends? It's God. So all this fear that's getting wound up in me over, well, what if the government does this? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And, and, um, you know, I, I just, I think what you pour in, you have to be cautious about and realize that you may be creating the issue of the fear by what you're allowing to be poured in. Um, your eyes and ears are the sight to the world. I mean, they, they truly are your perspective. And, and I, I've got to the point where I can't watch some of it. And it, I just know that it creates too much anxiety in me. It creates all these crazy, well, what if? And, and so I just really try to limit that. Um, but it's also like an alcoholic. I mean, if, if you drink every day, all day, being around alcohol is probably not a good thing. And I think so you need to identify what you're pouring in. Is it helping create the fear and the anxiety? Um, because it, that's one of those things. And the other thing is you need to release it. If you can't do it with God, you've got to talk to someone. Because God will put someone in your world that will drag you back down to earth. And I think that, that we don't give it credit enough, um, you know, with TikTok and with Facebook and with all of these, the national news, all of this information we're taking in, honestly, most of it's negative. Very little bit of, of it is positive. Well, and not only is most of it negative, is there's so many different sides of it that you don't even know what's true anymore and so i think david makes a good point what you put into your mind is what is going to stick and what you're going to um you know just kind of like how food feeds your body good food makes your body function better just as good social media good tv shows good whatever the case may books um, whatever you're reading or watching has a either negative or positive effect on what you think. And I can stand firm and tell you that the only truth in this crazy world that we're living in, you can find in the Bible. That's it. There, You're going to get conflicting stories from here until eternity. The truth that I would encourage anybody to stand on is the truth found in Scripture. Even the Bible talks about in the end times, we're going to see wars and famine and earthquakes and floods. And these are just the beginning of the, you know, so there's truth in that. And so you can look to his word to find the truth uh, instead of all the different things that you're getting from social media, from the news and all that. That's not to say to do completely without you know, but what's on your news feed? What's on your Facebook feed? What's on your Instagram feed? I don't do TikTok. I think it's a total waste of time personally. <laughs> um, and people are highly addicted to it. And then they live their lives according to what they're seeing on TikTok. And it's crazy. A friend of ours literally was in a, was in a good mood. He was uh, easy to get along with. Then we come to the house, and when he's at our house, he just sits and watches TikTok, which we give him a hard time for. 
constantly. Um, but literally his mood changed. He went from being in a decent mood, easy to get along with, to being grouchy and tired and wore out. And I said, it's because you're feeding your mind this TikTok stuff. And he's a conspiracy theorist. And so it's, he's taking all this negative stuff in and it directly affects his behavior. It's like living proof played out right in front of our eyes. And so I think that's a good point to be encouraged to really watch what you're taking in because the, the day to day that we all have to live is enough to stress us out and give us anxiety. Then you put on top of it, you know, movies that are just whatever or social media that's negative and curse words and death and just all these negative stuff feeds on sits on top of what you already have to deal with on a day-to-day basis and so i think it's a good point just to really watch what you pour into yourself well because the the ones that are in authority that actually know what's going on is not the person on tiktok or facebook (laughs) And, and, and that sounds stupid, but it, it really does your mind because once you pour that in, that becomes Satan's playground. Yes. Then he can mess with you and give you a, a ton of possibilities of who, how, what, and where when really it's not true. And and so I just, you know, again, today's a reflection day in who you are. If you always listen to the radio when you're driving, try shutting off the radio for a while and just talking to God and, and kind of seeing where God's at. Because I think at the end of the day, we don't do that enough. And we, we treat God kind of, kind of as not as somebody we want a relationship with and that we love, because if that was the case, we'd like to talk to him all the time. We kind of treat him as, well, when I need you, I'll call you. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I got a good handle on it. And I have bad news. You don't, because we don't, because nobody does. Without God, you're you're flailing in the wind. So, hey, we're out of time. At, uh, we'd appreciate if you'd share this with your friends, let them know what's going on, and uh, hopefully we can help somebody else. Well, and my only last thought would be, you know, what are you in fear of really think about that and um, really consider releasing that to God. And I don't mean just in a flippant way. If it's something that's really fearful for you, um, really talk to him, have a conversation with him about it and let him release it because he will. Um, And so just, you know, if you're living in fear, um, there's an answer and it's through God and his word. Yep. Well, have a great week.